True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal and Renee. And today we are covering another unsolved case. This one is out of Texas. It's a 20-year-old woman named Shelby Thornburg, and she was brutally murdered in her own apartment in November of 2015. And apparently her throat was slashed, and it remains unsolved to this day. So today we have a very special guest. It is her sister, Christina, and she was very close to her sister. They talked and texted constantly. They were in touch even though they lived in separate states at the time. Um, they're only, they're less than two and a half years apart in age. So we're just really, really glad to have Christina here to tell the story for us here on True Crime Broad. So please stay tuned. Do you have anything you want to say? Uh, this is another case with surveillance footage and it's unsolved. Unbelievable. Yes. Please check our social media. We're going to post the pictures. Good point. It is yet another case where there is surveillance video of who they think the perpetrator is. And yet that person remains at large. Okay, enjoy the episode. Welcome back to True Crime Broads. We are so happy that Christina's joining us today. Yes, absolutely. We're, we're happy to have you here with us. Um, and unfortunately, it is about another um, unfortunate murder of your sister. And we appreciate you coming here today. And um, if you can just get started with an, introducing yourself and your sister, and um, we'll go from there. Uh, hi, I'm Christina Scott. Uh, my sister was Shelby Thornburg. And um, I'm now fixing me 30. Shelby was 20 when she died. She would have been 28 this year. Wow. Um, and unfortunately, for the last seven years, I ain't had my sister due to somebody taking her life. Uh, but she was a very sweet, loving, kind, gentle soul that everybody just wanted to be around. Uh, she, she got the better end of me, I guess you can say. Uh, I kind of can be stuck up and not want to be around people, especially since that happened with my sister, but that wasn't her. She, she was very giving and very caring. She would do anything to try to help somebody else. A matter of fact, when I had my, three kids and two of which um, or one of them was going into school. My husband had gotten laid off from work and he and I didn't have the money to buy my son some school clothes. Uh, so Shelby had saved up some money over the uh, months, two months course to buy some clothes for my son to go to school on. That was so nice. Really? It was. And considering the fact that it jeopardized, what she was doing because um, Mark D, he was her pimp and anything that she would do or I mean, whatever was going on, he knew how much was supposed to be brought in and if, if I'm sorry, I pushed mute on my phone. Okay. Uh, but if she was a dollar shy, she would get beat. Uh, so she would have to be she had to be very careful in order to save up that money to help me get my son some school clothes. 
because I think it was like his first year of kindergarten or something like that. He was very little. And so she finally saved up the money and went and got him a couple of outfits and sent me a hundred dollars for each of my kids to go and buy them some clothes or some toys or whatever that they, they needed or wanted. Uh, so my boy was able to actually have some good school clothes. Uh, there's several people that will tell you that she would give them whatever that they needed. Uh, she was just very sweet, very kind, very, very gentle. Not when we were kids, though, because when we were kids, we fought. We fought and fought and fought. I remember a time when me and my sister got into a fist fight, and I had her pinned down on the ground, and she kicked me in my private area. Oh, no. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you. Guys don't think that stuff hurts a woman. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts so bad. And my sister come up laughing. And I said, that is not funny. After I finally breathed, because I lost my breath like any, any guy. So I lost my breath finally when I got could breathe again. I said, that's not funny. She's just over there dying laughing at the end of it. <laughs> it was, we had some good times. We had some bad times growing up. But Right. And that sounds like we, some pretty typical sibling roughhousing. <laughs> it always seems to get a little out of hand every, every now and then. Um, now, what, oh, yeah. can you remind me of what the age difference is between you two again? Uh, two and a half years or okay. so. I was That's born I was in '93, and she was born in '95. Okay, so we're a little less than two and a half years. I was June, and she was in August. So, are, okay. are you 29? Um, or are you going to be 29? No, I'll be 30 this year. Oh, 30. I'm 29. You're right. now. I'm sorry, because my son. I'm sorry. You're right. My son is going to be 30. He's 29. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I'm with you now. Yeah, I'll be 30 this year, and she would have been 28. Um, in August, so it's been it's been rough, but well, tell once us. Once we got old, go ahead. Do what? I was just gonna say. Once we got older, we ended up having a really good relationship. Yeah, uh, we were best friends. We called each other just about every day. If we didn't talk to each other on the phone every day, we were at least texting every day. Right. That's pretty typical. So I would hope so. Okay, so tell us <clears throat> what happened on um, November fourth of twenty fifteen. Uh on November fourth, twenty fifteen. Let's actually skip up to November fifth. Okay. Because that's when I got the call. So um on November fifth. 2015 at 4am I got a phone call saying uh, are you Christina Scott it was a woman on the other end and I answered and I told her I said yes ma'am I am she said are you Shelby Thornburg's sister I said yes ma'am I am she said well I'm sorry to inform you that your sister has passed away I said do what I said, what do you mean? She passed away. And she said, well, I'm sorry to inform you that your sister has passed away. We kind of got an argument match because I was like, my sister didn't just pass away. So you're telling me that she was murdered. No, ma'am, I cannot tell you that. All I can tell you is that your sister passed away. 
It's horrible. Did she identify herself as being with the police department or anything? Uh, I want to say she was with the coroner's office. Okay. Or it wasn't with the police department and it, it was not the place that, uh, her body was at. It was not the, the coroner's office. It was another person. So after we got done arguing about my sister being murdered or just passing away, I finally was just like, okay. So she gave me some information to write down, uh, a number to call to where my sister's body was at, and a number to the Houston Police Department. And so I called my husband, who was working offshore at the time, and I told him he wanted to come home. I didn't allow him to come home because there was nothing that he could do. Well, then I ended up having to call and tell the rest of my family that Shelby had been killed. So mm-hmm. I started out with calling my aunt, my cousins, and I went to work the next morning to try to keep my mind off of it. Well, then I'm getting my phone blown up by people talking about, I'm so sorry to hear about your sister because it made the news. And so people were sharing it on Facebook, even though I hadn't said nothing, I was being blown up at work. I was just trying to keep my mind off of it, but I couldn't because of everybody else. Right. And so finally I get down there. I find, I find out the exact information she was, Killed in her apartment. Um, she had a cut on her throat. And this is what I was told. She was had a, from the coroner's office. She had a cut on her throat. And that was all I was told. So they told me about what time it was, November 4th, around 9 p.m. And so finally on November 10th or November 9th, I get down there um, to go and view my sister's body. On November 10th, I go in there and see her, and I made a promise to my sister at that point that I would try to do everything I could to find her killer, Uh, not knowing who he was, not knowing anything, and I was still in denial up until the point that I seen my sister, and even then, I was still in somewhat somewhat of a denial. I was almost like, well, what if? Because I, my sister had told me that she was working, trying to get her record expunged. She didn't tell me exactly how. She just told me that she was working with a lawyer trying to get her record expunged. So um, I figured, I was thinking in my head that, well, what if this was a decoy or whatever? Like, you know, you see on TV that they fake the death to try to keep the, keep the person alive. Mm-hmm. Like, so I was thinking it was the cops were faking my sister's death. And this was just some random body that they made look like my sister. And it wasn't, I was still in denial, even though I promised to my sister that I would find, try to find her killer. It wasn't really fully until I get to her apartment and I was still in denial even then. I was finally allowed in there to clean up, get her stuff from the apartment, Um, not knowing that I was going to walk into a crime scene. 
Um, so when I open the door, you really don't see nothing at first until you get up a little closer because there was a couch in the way. Of course, um, like I said, you couldn't really see nothing. But there was some obvious weird things to me that once I got out there, I found her laptop. I found cell phones. I found all kinds of things. Uh, like there was a, you can see it on one of the pictures. There's a candle lid that had hot roaches in it. Um, and so there was lube. There was all kinds of things that I felt like the they should have taken in for DNA, a condom wrapper. Um, there was just all kinds of stuff laying around. Did police so, mention to you, um, I'm sure you mentioned that to police, did, did they say anything about the reason those things were still there and not taken by them? No, no. A matter of fact, uh, I'll tell you a little secret, or I mean, it's not really a little secret um, in just a second. But after I got up there and found her ID and all that, I believed it was my sister. I finally come to the conclusion, cleaned up her mess. I had to take the mattress that she was killed on and put it outside. I put it on the balcony. I cleaned up the blood off the walls, cleaned the blood up off the floor because when you walked into it, you know, a smell of a dead animal that's decaying, you know how strong that is. Mm-hmm. Imagine that being a million times worse. There was maggots. There was, I mean, different insects that I had never seen before. The smell was so strong, you could not be in there. I had to open all the windows. I had to do everything. So I, I felt used in a way by the police because they, I was led to believe that they were supposed to come in there and clean that up before they allowed the family to take that out right. or take stuff out. But no, apparently it's not like that. Apparently if you want it cleaned up, you've got to pay $4,000 for a professional cleaning whatever to come in and do it. It it was ridiculous. So anyways, um, as I'm leaving, I find this rug at the front of the door. It's on the outside of the door. It's not on the inside of the door. So when you're walking down in her apartment, it's like a hotel. You know, those movies that you see and, um, The hotel halls are dark and dim. It's just creepy. Mm -hmm. So I'm walking down this dark, dim, creepy hallway, and her door is the very last of the hall. On the right or left-hand side, there is a red rug outside in the hall in front of her door. Like I said, it's not on the inside, so I get the rug, take it home, and... I've been throwing the rest of the stuff away, the pot roaches, the lube, the condoms, because I'm not fixing to take none of that home. Um, after calling the police, because I did call them and tell them, hey, look, well, this was here. Well, they said they can't take nothing because it had already been contaminated or whatever they want to say, uh, because somebody else had been in there. And so... They wouldn't take none of that stuff. So I went ahead and throwing it all away. But I get that rug home and I put it in front of my door and there's a dark spot, one little dark spot in front of the, on the rug. And it's, when I say dark, I mean, it's, it looks like the rug just darker. 
And so I'll get a Q-tip and I wet it. I've seen on TV where like old dried up blood, you can take a wet Q-tip and it'll become like, it'll start coming up. Mm -hmm. So it did. It was blood. So I called the police department yet again. I said, hey, look, I've got my sister's rug from her apartment and there's blood on it. Like this could be the killer's blood. Can I please send it to y'all? I was then yet again told that they could not accept it because they could not use it in court because it being like a crime scene or whatever. But after this new detective that gets on the case, he was like, oh, well, we could have taken it. We couldn't, yeah, we couldn't use it in court, but we could have used it to try to help find who done it. Right. Because how is Shelby, okay, how is Shelby's blood going to get outside the door? Exactly. They already suspect that the guy hurt, got hurt in the process of killing my sister. That's why his hand was in his pocket when he was leaving. Oh. So that blood had to have been his. But yet they couldn't take it. So I can't remember exactly. I think my dogs tore up the rug or something. I watched it after they told me they couldn't. Um, Because me traveling back and forth to Texas, it put us in such a financial bind. Mm -hmm. I ended up having to send my couches that I was making payments on back because I couldn't afford it no more. I was having to go to and from Texas at least twice a month to try to do stuff for Shelby. Um, and so it put us in the financial bind. And so I had to keep the couch that had blood all over it that was in Shelby's apartment. I cleaned it up, got the blood off of it. It took me several days to do it, but I'd done it. Um, and I kept the rug because it matched the couch because it was red. Mm-hmm. And so, I, like I said, I don't remember exactly what happened to it. I think my dogs tore it up or something. I, I don't remember. But anyways... Over a little period of time, I ended up having to throw the rug away. And I wish that I had kept it instead of using it, not knowing the extents of everything. That, right. Like I said, they told me they couldn't use it. But then when this new detective gets on the case, he was like, oh, well, we could have used it. And, you know, you start doubting yourself. Well, why did I do that? Or why did I do this? I mean, right. so, yeah. um. I, they wouldn't take anything that I felt that was important. That's really strange. The laptop is just amazing they left out. The condom wrapper is another. I mean, all of that should have been taken. I'm so confused why they didn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was sitting right there beside her. It was on this TV stand. Not even a TV stand. It was on, a you know, the fold-out tables that you sit at the lit in your living room and eat on right uh, no, that Chris- was, it was on one of those christina where were you living at the time i heard you say that you were traveling to texas because of this crime in alabama i've been oh, in alabama wow, okay. since 2012 okay so that's even more difficult because on top of this horrific thing that happened to your family you also had the logistics to deal with yes of getting back and forth yes and i had no help getting back and forth. Um, it, it, was t- it was a tough scenario, but I made it work because that was my sister. That was my everything. A matter of fact, right. we, yeah, like I said, well, when we were growing up, we didn't have the best, uh, best childhood together like we fought all the time. 
But I was pretty much raised my sister. My mom was in and out of hospitals trying to look for the next pill high. My biological father was in and out of prison at that point in time. I only seen him like two times in my entire life for a short period of time. And so me and Shelby, we had it rough. And I pretty much raised my sister. And so she wasn't just like my sister. She was like my child. And losing her in the manner that happened and knowing that she was being a a prostitute, an escort, whatever people want to call her, it don't matter. But knowing what she was doing and she got killed, I felt like I failed her. Like I felt like Mm. I'm the one who done that because I couldn't save her. I couldn't protect her from it. Well, did, did you know what line of work she was in prior to the murder? I did not actually. Uh, You found out after. Yeah. Just a second. My husband was calling me. Uh, um, I did not know. She had told me that she was going on dates with people that she would not sleep with them. It was just like rich people wanted somebody to go out Mm -hmm. to uh, this fancy thing or whatever. Uh, She Mm -hmm. would name off whatever it would be. Right. Um, like a benefit or whatever. Right. You like, know, like a high, just, yeah, like a date for big events and things like that. Ex- exactly. And so she was like, well, they just don't want to be alone or be out in public with at a big event without somebody. So she was like, well, that's what I'm doing. Well, in a way, I didn't believe her because she had already been arrested once for prostitution. And the girl that she was arrested with said that Shelby was not doing nothing that she was just there and she got arrested because she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. I foolishly believed her, but then she got arrested again. And this time she called me as she's getting arrested. They allowed her to call me. She said, Hey sister, I need you to get a hold of Mark. I'm being arrested. And I asked her for what she said. They set me up. I'm being arrested for prostitution. And so finally, I had got a hold of Mark and told Mark he got her out. And she was arrested again a third time, even though they can't find nobody can find that record. Um, that third time is when she had told me that she was working with a lawyer to have her record expunged because she was actually looking at going to prison at this point in time because it was her third offense. Right. Um, so I truly believe that what, let me say this. I do truly believe that Shelby was killed. It was planned because everybody that I've talked to, Shelby was considered the bottom, excuse my language, but the bottom bitch. She was over everybody. Anybody that come in, like that Mark was trying to put in for prostitution, Shelby had to train them. Shelby was was the top seller, I guess you can say. Okay. So she 
was his top money priority or whatever. And so she was having to train all these girls that come in. And I've been in touch with several of them. And a matter of fact, they have told me he knows he is the one who set it up. He knows who's coming. He knows when they're supposed to be there. He knows how much they're supposed to bring. And he knows everything. And so Shelby would never actually, from my understandings from what these girls said, actually set these meetings up. She did or didn't? It was him. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was him. Interesting. And so I believe is my my assumption, my my thing, even though the police say that Mark has an alibi, of course he's going to have a dang alibi. He doesn't want to get caught for this. Mm-hmm. So, but I believe that he set it up because he found out that Shelby was working with the police trying to get her record expunged and had her killed because he didn't want his cover blown. Mm-hmm. He didn't want all these other covers blown. So he had Shelby killed. Now, moving on, moving on to the surveillance video, I've been looking at these still shots, and I remember when this case, when your sister's first, uh, murder first happened, I remember seeing this in the news, and I'm looking at it again now. The person that's seen, he's walking out, as you well know, hand in pocket, white guy, short hair, and sunglasses on. Is that who everyone pretty much, uh, like you and the police, think that this is the actual killer? Yes. And the reason why um, we think it's him is because when, and the the video didn't get released immediately, actually. It was, Shelby was killed in March or in November. That didn't get released until like February, March. Mm. So it was several months later. Um, they The video surveillance actually from my understandings was so blurry that you couldn't really see anything. And the guy that worked on the video surveillance from the Trayvon Martin case is the one who enhanced the video for Shelby's. So from my understandings is they were waiting for it to get enhanced. So that way they can actually post it out to the public. Um, But as he's, as this man's walking into the building, he's texting. Mm -hmm. And, and, you can see he's walking in with a couple other people. I mean, he's texting. And at this point in time of night, you have to have a security code to get into the building. Because I've tried. When I went down there to see Shelby, or to, yeah, when I went down there to see Shelby, I went to the apartment complex at night at one point. Or no, 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 no. Let me rephrase this. I did have to go at night, but I'll... I went during the day acting like I was somebody who was interested in renting one of the apartments. I wanted to see the layout as to how her apartment could have looked. Because at this point, I was not allowed into the apartment. I was not allowed. Really, I probably shouldn't have been at the apartment complex. But I went. And they gave me a tour. They gave me a packet to fill out. Like like I said, they... I was pretending like I wanted to rent an apartment. So they took me in a tour on one of the apartments and it was similar to the part when I got into Shelby's, it was similar to the, to her apartment, not quite similar, but it was. So anyways, when I was allowed in, we went that day, 
we started unloading her apartment. I think it was probably about noon or so. And it took me until that night to clean out her apartment because it was just me and two of my cousins. She didn't have very much stuff, but she did have a bit that needed to be cleaned out and be put in storage buildings. So anyways, uh, we went back that, that evening because we stopped and got some dinner and all that. We go to get in the building, and when you walk through the building, you walk through one set of double doors, and then you're in a like a cage. You've got another set of double doors in front of you, and you got the set of double doors that you just walk through behind you. You've got a keypad on the left-hand side. You cannot go through the set of double doors that's in front of you without the code. I think it started about 8 o'clock is when the, you have to start putting in the code. So he had to have the code to get into the apartment and they can go through the, they were a, I believe because they were able to say, well, he was contacting this person and saying this that, and that. So I believe that he, they were able to see where she sent him the code. And of course, video evidence shows that he, he must've had to stop. Unless he walked through with somebody else. Is this, so anyway, same, is this the same location where Shelby would see clients? Or was that somewhere else? No, this was all in her apartment where okay. she was seeing clients. Okay. She had a bed set up in her living, a twin size bed set up in her living room. And she had a couch in front of it and a TV on the other side of the wall. So she if might, she at, might have just thought that he was another appointment. She did, uh, right? Yeah, she had to have because when the guy come through, he went through the double, both set of double doors while the other set of guys sat down on the couch that was to the, to the right-hand side. He walks through the double doors in the very first surveillance video that gets released. You can see it clear as day. He walks through the double doors. There's a set of stairs. At the set of stairs is an elevator. There's only one elevator in this apartment building. And it's to the left. He walks past the elevator, walks through another set of double doors, and sits down on a couch that's in the back near a weight room. So, and then it ends, it cuts off right there. And it, then it shows him coming out the elevator and walking out. Mm -hmm. So, if... How how much time how much time passed on the surveillance between him arriving and then leaving? I think he got there at fifteen minutes or so. Okay, it wasn't very long because I believe Shel he sat down on the couch and waited for Shelby to come down. And this is how I'm pretty sure that I know it's them, and he they're just not posting it. Mm -hmm. That Shelby come down and met him, took him back up to the back up to the building or to her room. And they said that she had intercourse. Okay. I believe that she was in the process of doing it. And he cut her throat. Wow. Like they were getting, just got undressed, mm -hmm. just started, and he cut her throat. I don't believe that there was ever anything fully done because of the time frame. Right. The elevator, when I was there, it was slow, for one, very slow. 
it took probably three minutes or so to get up to the third floor. I have to wait for it to get down and then to get back up. So she, she was on the third, her apartment was on the third floor? Yeah. Okay. Um, 3B or it was on, it was on the third floor. I'm sorry. Uh, so it took a minute for the elevator to get, get to him. You know, and you, it takes a minute for it to come back down. You can see this guy pretty well in these enhanced uh, pictures. I'm surprised no one's come forward and identified him. Have police gotten lots and lots of tips off of this? I would think they probably have. They have. And a matter of fact, I was told a couple of weeks or a couple. Oh. Oh, I'm so sorry. Bless you. Um, I, was, I was told a couple months ago that they had a set of sunglasses and a knife that was turned into the FBI in Houston. Hmm. They had to wait for it to process and all that. Come to find out from what the detective says that that DNA did not match. Mm. Where was it found? So, where were they found, or did they tell you? Uh, they said that a woman sent it in, saying it was her ex boyfriend's, and she was just afraid to turn it in. Uh, so they said DNA does not match off of that. But, anyways. Well, it's probably been clean, so of course I think that's going to be kind of a given, right? I mean, you know, yeah. they're not going to take it home and leave all the evidence on it. He's going to wash it. So, I mean, that's suspicious. Oh, yeah. I hope. I, so, I guess they talked to the woman that turned it in, right, to ask her why she would think that her boyfriend would have something to do with it? Oh, I don't know. They See, when I was talking to the detectives, I questioned them because there was a guy from the Houston PD that was arrested not long ago for prostitute, like buying prostitutes or whatever. I don't know exactly. Wasn't he the serial killer? I uh, I don't remember. Uh, but I sent I sent the detectives on Shelby's case. This guy, and I was like. Shelby's already been arrested a couple of times for prostitution. This dude works in y'all's apartment. He could have seen and heard about Shelby. So what if this was him? Like, or he had it done. Because, I mean, he did have similarities to Shelby, the guy in the video. Um when I asked about this guy, he asked me, and I told him, he just shut down. He quit talking to me. The detectives quit talking to me. And so, it wasn't up until, let me see, let me see. Let me go back through my text messages. Um, Brian Harris is the one who was arrested back in September. And so I said, I know it's not him in the video, but he, I mean, he's got similarities. Like I said, the receding hairline, um, et cetera. I said, I just want to make sure and clear his name fully. You can never be too safe to look into someone like this though, especially with Shelby's history with HPD. And, um, 
I said, I don't think it was. I just wanted to make sure because he said, how do you think he was involved? And so I was trying to get him to talk. And I was like, sent him a picture of the surveillance video that he said. He said, I don't think it was. I just wanted to make sure since he is in the law and all. Because you never know. Like, he could have had it done. Anyways, so after I sent that to him, and then I sent him another message about somebody saying that they know uh, they somebody else, I'm not going to read the name off, but they said, if someone were to submit for DNA comparisons, can or will they do it? And so I sent that to them. They never replied back. I mean, I'm talking about like this detective just shut down after I was talking to him about looking into Brian Harris. Like he could have found out that Shelby was ratting him out or something. You never know. So yeah, yeah. he shut down. It would not talk to me from September until March 14th. I messaged. I said, did y'all ever get the knife and sunglasses? How's it going? He said, hi, good afternoon. We did not get anything. All DNA has come back negative so far. Wow. I've had a lot of questions that hadn't been answered. But I don't know. You, The way the I believe that it was either somebody in the somebody in the HPD had to if Shelby was working with the police like I believe she was because how else are you really going to get your record wiped clean even if you do have a lawyer helping you right that's kind of hard that's kind of hard to do and so Right before Shelby was killed, there was a prostitution ring busted in the same area as Shelby. And then right after she was killed, there was another prostitution ring busted in the same area. All of which were some of Mark's girls. So if this, and my concern was, if this guy is being arrested, this cop is being arrested for the accusations that they're saying, what if Shelby, he found out that Shelby was working, he told Mark and had her killed? I mean, there's all kinds of things that's going in my head, but, you know, there's nothing I can really actually do about it or say. What have you ever... Go ahead. Have you ever talked to the attorney that was working with your sister? I don't know who the attorney was. The only thing I ever found in her apartment was, uh, I can't even think of the name of it, where of the place that she was going to go get a breast implant and a tummy tuck done. She had went down and put like $1,500 on the, on the surgery. At matter of fact, it was the day that she was killed. She had put $1,500 down on the surgery, and that was sitting out on the counter. The cops didn't take it or nothing. The receipt? So, uh, the documentation, like, yeah. when okay. the, it had the receipt, and then it also had the payment amounts and everything else, and the schedule, the surgery schedule date, um, so I went to this building. I went to the place where she had put this deposit down and 
I was talking to them and I was trying to get the money off of the couch to try to help me be able to get to and from uh, Alabama to Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they proceed to tell me that they can't do anything because I'm not the only one that was calling or even showed up to try to get the money off that account. Mm. Wow. Did they tell so you who it day, was that was trying to get the money? They just said some guy. Yeah. Okay. And so I called the police department and I told them, Hey, look, Shelby's got 1500. I don't remember exactly. It was, like I said, I think I was about 1500 on, um, this account at this place where she's trying to get a breast implant and tummy tuck done. And somebody's trying to get the money off that account. Well, they finally ended up getting released where I could get the money. It was like two months later after I got it, they got it released, but they got it released. I wonder if they pulled a surveillance and see who it was that showed up there to try to get the money and question them about it. I don't think he actually showed up to get it. Oh, okay. I think he was just, just calling call. to yeah. try to get it. Well, that would I'm have been even sure better. That. They could have looked at the phone records and figured out who did that, you know? I mean, that's well, suspicious you for would sure. Think, you, would, you would think so. Yeah. But many people that are in a line of business like that, they're not going to use a regular phone. They're going to buy a track phone. And they're not going to put their information in it, just like Shelby's killer didn't. That's true. He he bought this prepaid track phone and was using this track phone. Now, they can go back and search the history of it, see the messages or whatever that were being sent, but they cannot tell you who it was. Right, because they, yeah, they didn't put the right information. How, how did investigators find out that the perpetrator had a track phone? Because they tracked the number, like they got the number that was contacting Shelby mm, mm-hmm. and was talking to him. Well, they contacted the server or the provider of the okay. of the phone okay. number. Well, they contact or they after the contacted them, he used some foolish name. I can't remember what the name does help me he used, but he used some foolish name to set it up. Well, they tracked the phone back to where he bought it. And he paid with cash, so he couldn't. They couldn't go back on receipt records or whatever to find the name of the guy. How, so how everything close? He was, hmm? I'm sorry. How close was it bought before her murder? I didn't even ask that honestly. I thought I had um, heard it. Or it read was it, just. But I it was. It was just. Uh, from my understandings, I believe it was purchased not long before. Her murder. Okay. Because the only time, only thing that was being done on it was he was looking up on Backpage, contacting women, or women and similarities of Shelby from what they said. Mm-hmm. Now, like I said, I mean, if you're a true killer and you know what you're doing, you're not going to search up one person. You're going to make it look like you want somebody of that type. You're gonna look up blonde hair, blue eyed people. If right. you're you know if you know you're fixing to kill this person who's blonde hair, hazel eyes, you're gonna look up somebody who's blonde hair, blue eyed, or blonde hair, hazel eyes, or blonde hair, whatever. Do you as know as long as they're blonde hair? Do you know if surveillance video was pulled to see who 
was at the counter at the store purchasing that track phone that day? Probably not. Um, most of from my understanding, everything around Houston, they don't hold their surveillance for very long. Right. Uh, that track phone, I think it's 70, 48, 78, two hours. Most places hold surveillance video. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think they pulled any surveillance video. Just like I asked them about pulling, if they ever pulled surveillance video from around the area of Shelby's apartment complex. Cause you've got a major street light right there at her apartment complex. You've got all these other buildings around that had surveillance video. And they, uh, one of them said that, there was no point in it. And the other one's like, well, the video surveillance in the neighborhood, it's no good. You wouldn't be able to see anything. It, it was just pointless. Like you knew, you knew that Shelby's killer. You have him on ev- on video as to what time he's walking out the video, out the building. So if you can pull a video surveillance, say from the street light, or from across the street. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe the video surveillance would, is not good that good, but then you could track and see where that car is headed. To the left, to the right. Follow the video, video surveillance going from there. I'm sure at one point you would have come across a good enough video where you could have got a license plate. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And I'm looking at the building. I Googled the address, and uh, there is a jewelry store on the bottom floor right there before you walk into the main entrance of the building. Most of the time, jewelry stores have surveillance. Yeah, they definitely so they have, they have good security. Yeah. Is it actual fine jewelry, not just like costume jewelry? It just says jewelry, it says jewelry building, but it has more information about jewelry right here. So I'm just hmm. assuming that yeah. that would have been something. That's crazy. That yeah, I mean, I know that. there's, <laughs> I know there's cameras around. Like, why didn't they pull up? If they were not, if they didn't have a, here's my thing about it. Say if Mark actually did not have her killed. I want to say I want to believe he didn't because he was, she was, his top. Like he, she was the number one. Mm-hmm. So I want to say she, he did. I want to believe he didn't. But then deep down, most of the time when you have somebody like that, when you're murdered, it's normally not just a stranger. Right. Most of the time it's crime of passion or a higher hit. Somebody you know. or Exactly. Or somebody you know. It's not normally just a stranger that's going to walk up into your building and kill you. Right. If they're wanting to do that, they're going to find you on the street when nobody's around, kidnap you and kill you. Man, just looking at this guy's picture, you know, from the surveillance, I mean, he's got a distinctive hairline. He has broad shoulders. You can, there's a certain gait that he walks with. He has a long stride. And it's just unbelievable that this person hasn't been identified yet. And say that, and the reason why I believe he ain't been identified is because he's got to have something in law enforcement, like you said, or the military. He's got to be somebody.
because of the way he walks, the way he holds himself, the way he does things. Very cool. And He's got it. Cool. Yeah. Exactly. It's not. It's not like it was his first time seeing or being prepared or doing this. Right. Let me ask you this. On when you were talking about the phone numbers earlier with Mark D, um, okay, so he is the one that arranged these these meetings or whatever mm-hmm. we call them, um, and then he so he would get the information first, and then he would uh, get them in contact with your sister, and then they would communicate from their own out. Uh, did police compare the information from the two different? You know what I'm saying? Like whoever it was that communicated with i mean whoever it was that was communicating with mark d first was it the same number information whatever i believe i believe not i believe that they went straight into just because he had an alibi Mm -hmm. i believe that they didn't look into him too much and even though i told them look the girls have said that were up under shelby and up under him have said he's the one who set this up. He's the one who sets everything up. He knows who done this. But did they did yeah. they actually talk to the person that whoever it was that Mark D, let's say he set it up with a guy named Bob, and then is that the same person or the same number that was communicating with your sister, hey, I'm here and she came down and got him and took him up. Was it the same no, number? No, because oh. they because they didn't even look into Mark as far, I believe they didn't even look into him as far as that much goes. If Even if they did, say, like Shelby, she had two or three phones. One of them was for personal use. One of them was for business. And I know at one point she had three phones. At this point, I don't know if she did or didn't have three phones. However... I know that she had two because one of them was a personal and the other one was a work phone. And I'm pretty sure Mark's was the same way. One was a personal phone. One was a work phone. So even if they did look into him, who's to say he gave them both phones? I mean, or the correct information. He's not going to give himself up or give anything to try to give himself up. But couldn't they... He's going to give them bare minimum. Couldn't and they... And so, even if... Do what? I didn't mean to interrupt you. Couldn't they verify that, though? In other words, with their... However they go through and look at the phone numbers, couldn't they say, okay, XYZ contacted uh, Mark D at this time to get in touch with, you know, Shelby, and then XYZ also got in touch with Shelby, so it's the same one, or no, it's different. You see what I'm saying? I'm just wondering why they didn't do that. Yeah, I mean, they probably, if they were looking into it, yeah, I would guarantee, there was, I would think there would be something like that. Say, uh, for instance, that number that her killer was texting off of, or even if, say, they could have had multiple phones. Mm-hmm. That's true. And say if they had multiple multiple phones, say the killer had two phones as well. One of them was his personal phone texting him or another burner phone texting him. If they've got multiple multiple phones, it's hard to try to track down, especially when you're communicating in different ways. Right. So now if they were using one phone, yes. Say the killer was using one phone, contacted Mark and said, hey, look, I'm interested in this girl. And then Mark send them over to Shelby's work phone. Then you could see a comparison there. 
But if Mark doesn't even give him that second phone or he don't have that second phone, then there's no comparison. I mean, even, especially if you're not looking into Mark's cell phone records. If he's sitting there saying he's got an alibi and proving to you he's got an alibi, what's the point in looking in his phone records? Mm. I mean, that's the way the police have put it off to me. Is like yeah. they, He's got an alibi. He's not a suspect. Okay, well, that's crazy. But did you, have you ever talked to Mark D? Yeah, I did. Um, when, but it was in 2000, of course, it was in 2015. Um, uh, what, was, what was it? My daughter, I think it was like May. I went down there. Mm-hmm. I went to go see my grandma because she was in the hospital not doing really good. And she got to come home. They had said that she wasn't going to survive. So I went down there. She ended up actually surviving. But while I was going down there, I took I-65 and stopped off in Houston to see my cousin and my sister. When I stopped off to see my sister, Mark showed up. And I talked to him. He didn't really have much of nothing to say. He was more standoffish, more... uh, Hi, rude. He he was not very polite. Like I wouldn't have wanted to be around him. I wouldn't have wanted to be with the man. Right. From the way he was holding himself and the way he was, I I just didn't like it. And a matter of fact, when he got there, it wasn't long after that. Shelby was like, "Look, you got to go." He he didn't want us there. He didn't like the fact that me and my my kids were there to see my sister. Hmm. And so we went ahead and left. And I stopped back by on the way out to see her again. He wasn't around at this point. So we went ahead and went. And so this little thing across, not even across town, actually. It's some place that's in, it's got an indoor like carnival thing. It's in Houston. Not far from her building. And so we went there and we had a little fun. I think we had her out for a couple hours, but then she was like, I've got to go look. I need to get back. And she was always looking at her phone, always checking time. And so we finally dropped her off. And then uh, that was the last time I actually seen him. That's the only time I actually seen him. I've talked to him. Like I said, when Shelby was arrested on the phone, telling him um, what was going on, and then making sure he got her out and all that. But other than that, I ain't personally talked to him more than that one time. Or face-to-face talked to him, one more phrase. What about Um, after the murder? No. Okay. After the murder, you know, if he was... uh, if he was worried about her or wanted any to find, and that's what gets me, and this is what really puts me to, he had it set up. It was because if he really cared about Shelby or wanted to try to help find Shelby's killer, he would have posted about Shelby. He would have been sharing the news articles or whatever the case may be. That's in my perspective. Everybody that I've talked to has said it. I mean, so anyways, he never shared or done anything. I've tried getting in touch with him to see if he would go on 
uh, what show was it? Like a uh, Steve Walker show, or it was one of those shows where they do like a lie detector test. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they he denied it. Mm. And they wouldn't accept the show. They wouldn't do the show because he would not go. And wow. so he he refused. I mean, it's been, there's, like I said, there's quite a bit of suspicion about as to what's going on. But anyways, I, I hope to find Shelby's killer. I really do. But I don't know why they're, why they can't been caught. Like y'all said, the video surveillance is very good. Yes. And even if they did have do have all these tips, then I, I just I don't see why they don't have them unless they're trying to protect somebody. I've seen murders from Houston not even last two days. Murders that they have no DNA evidence. They have no uh, video surveillance. They have no information other than what's given to them. My sister's case, they have all this DNA. They have, and that's another thing, is like, they have this DNA, but yet they won't do the DNA profiling. Or profile. Very strange. Yeah. Like, Paul Holes has offered to pay for this to be done. Offered to give up the money. They denied taking the money. They said it was because their their department didn't want to have to answer to anybody else. I guess they figure if he pays for it, then they they have to give him the, the, uh, the, I don't know, that's weird. Yeah. I mean, if if I come up with the money, they wouldn't take it. Interesting. They won't. They won't take the money. Hmm. There's been other people that's offered to have that done. As a matter of fact, there's been people that have contacted me and said, "Hey, look, this is what I do for a living. Uh, we are willing to do this. Like, see How if much- they'll send it to us." And they're still turning it down? Yeah. How much was it? Do, do you know? I'm just curious how much. Because I guess the police department didn't have the, the funds for it. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but I would imagine it was several thousand dollars. Yeah, okay. Huh. I mean. And usually Crime well, they, Stoppers And they even the had people who do this professionally come forward and offer it to do it as a courtesy, and they still declined, right? Yes. That's yeah, amazing. that's weird. That's sad, actually. <laughs> That mean it, it is, and like I said, I mean I don't understand why they haven't caught him unless they're trying to protect somebody, or why they're not accepting the help unless they're trying to protect somebody. It don't make no sense to me. Well, it don't make no sense to nobody that I've talked to. Well, Houston's a big city; they have a lot of homicides. You would think that they would have really good homicide detectives, and that they could handle a case of this magnitude that's you know complicated. Or it could be like what my husband says, even if they're not trying to protect somebody or they're whatever, they don't care Yeah, because of what Shelby was. 
Right. That's sad. Because Houston is such a big town or big city that they have multiple homicides every day, three or four, five or ten, that uh, somebody as into Shelby's profile is not as big of a deal as to somebody who has got a million dollars in their pocket. Right. Do you uh, still keep in contact with police and get updates about the case? I try to as they'll talk to me. Uh, Like I said, when I brought up um, Brian Harris, they kind of shut me out. They kind of quit talking to me much. Uh, Last time I talked to them was in March, and I asked them, if the sunglasses and the knife come back and they said no DNA has been matching so far. There uh, was another guy that they said that they were looking into, but I ain't heard anything about him either. Uh, some guy in the military that they were trying or were waiting to get the military to allow them to come in and get this DNA from him. Hmm. And they finally were able to talk to him, and he willingly submitted DNA. Or was willing to. I don't know if he did or didn't. But like I told them, I said, we've done been through this. Y'all have done said, well, we're going to go get DNA off this person and DNA off this person. And every time you went to these people, they were willing to submit their DNA and it come back negative. Nobody who's actually a killer is going to be willing to give you their DNA. They don't want to get caught. They're going to deny it. They're going to make you fight for it. Yeah, that's true. I agree with you on that. Wow. This case is crazy. I, I don't I don't under I can't answer the questions of why police are not doing uh, these things. I mean, because you're saying that they they couldn't. I mean, I guess they couldn't afford it. Their funds didn't. You know, they didn't have the funds to test the DNA, but they had people willing to give it. And I guess maybe in the future. I mean, you would think over the past six seven years they would have had the money at some point to do it. Oh yeah. Well, they had the money to test the DNA. They've come back and said. There was a woman's hair on Shelby's body. A what? A woman's hair. A woman's hair. Oh, okay. And, okay, two things could have happened. Shelby bought something brand new that never been washed and wore it, and somebody else tried it on. Or, ding, 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 it's his wife or kids' DNA. Mm-hmm. His clothes get washed with his family's. I know my husband's clothes have my hair on it. Right, right. I know my husband's clothes probably have my daughter's hair on it because I wash them together. Right. And so why not run that DNA even more? Why not run the DNA that you have Right, because maybe there was a, there could have been a woman very involved in this. Right, they should definitely check that out. You should totally ask even them. If, what's the point of even getting if this? She's not sorry. I mean, even if she's not involved in it, it it's more likely going to be his family's right. DNA. 
Right. That's so true. There was a case in Brownwood, Texas. I went to girl or to school with this girl. And she was killed right after my sister was killed. They had nothing but DNA. They had nothing. When I say nothing, no video surveillance, no text messages, no nothing. The only thing they had was DNA. Well, they took the DNA and made a profile off of it. You know, you can get the hair color, the eye color. I mean, you can mm-hmm. get a profile off of it. So they done this and they come up with a drawing of this person. They released it to the public. That same day, maybe the next day, it wasn't very long, actually, at all very long. They released it to the public. This guy went to his church, confessed to his pastor what he had done. His pastor took him to his mom and dad. His mom and dad took him to the police. Wow. You know what's crazy is I heard that story. I actually heard that. Um, I, as a matter of fact, didn't I talk about that on a podcast? Do you remember it that? It was the podcast that Christina was on. Yeah. I yeah. I talked, but I talked about it on one of our podcasts. Oh, you did? Yeah, because I said, I don't understand why they haven't done a composite sketch or whatever mm-hmm. that somebody was actually caught. That's interesting. I don't know who the person is, but I remember the story. Uh, Shannon, Charity, something like that. Uh, I've got her on, I've got her mom's Facebook page for her on Facebook. Yeah, that's but, it. Yeah. Right there. Interesting. Uh, I mean, they done that off of him. Right. Why can't they do something like that off of, the make, DNA that was found on the woman's DNA. Right. That why can't they? Sense. Why can't they do something like that? I mean, and just see if that if person's related. Saying, exactly. If you can't, if you're sitting here saying that uh, you can't run the DNA because there's not enough DNA to have it ran through. Uh, CODIS. DNA. No, that they, they've got it in CODIS, oh, but okay. they're trying to say they don't have enough. To run through ancestry uh, or the exactly yeah. yes okay, but if you've already got D- if you already got the DNA off of that, why can't you run it through ancestry? Mm, I guess I mean I mean I don't know if there's a different amount needed. I've done an ancestry test before, but I don't know what it's like on their end because I'm sure it's totally different. I don't. I mean, even even though they've had people say, okay, and they've told me that they had multiple strands of hair they've said some of it has the bud to it you know like you pull out a piece of hair and it's got that little white piece to it Mm -hmm. on the very end yeah some of it had that and that's the best place to get the dna right some of it was just broken off strands all of which from what i've been told dna is not dna blood it's as strong as DNA you can have. Well, I had blood. I was trying to give you blood. Yeah. But there was blood all over the floor. There was blood, literally, when I say on the rug, there was also blood drip, a couple of blood drip out going towards the door. I wonder if that was from the knife. Because he took the weapon, right? There was no weapon found, so yeah, it so could have it. been. Yeah, it's probably what it was from. Do do police think that this is ever have ever mentioned about this being possibly a serial killer? And if so, why do they think that? Or do you know? 
they have said that they believe it's a serial killer. And the only reason why I can guess that it might be, they say it might be a serial killer is because of the way he got out. Uh, and not, you can't say he didn't leave DNA because he did leave DNA. You can't say he had a perfectly good murder where there was nothing. Right. But the way he was doing everything, they said the reason why they feel like it is because he was contacting other women in similarities of Shelby. Skinny, blonde. And has anything like this happened since that you've heard? No. No. Was there uh, any uh, evidence of like a partial print of some sort or some kind of touch DNA that was found? I can't remember what I thought I read. From my understandings, uh-huh. no, I don't even think they swap for prints. I mean, okay, wow, like there in all the times that I've ever seen anybody have sex and, and use a condom, it's never been the girl to open it and put it on, mm-hmm. it's always the guy. Who has it? He pulls it out of his pocket or out of his wallet or whatever the case may be. Opens it and puts it on. And even if it was her that had it, he still touched it more than likely. I mean, obviously at some point, you know. He had to. Yeah. I mean. I mean, that's crazy. The doorknob. Uh, I mean, there's several things that could have had his prints on it. Because clearly that when he's walking in, he does not have gloves on. Right. When When he's he's walking out, he does not have gloves on. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Because when he's coming out, it looks like he's got his hands in his pockets. Is there some footage of him with his hands showing coming out? Because I was thinking maybe Uh he put on gloves and maybe as he was leaving, the reason he had his hands in his pockets was because he had gloves on and he just didn't want to be obvious. No, he only time... If in that full in the one video that's full where you can see him walking in through the double doors, going through and sitting down, walking out, you can see at the end of it where he pulls his hand out to mm. open the door. Okay. And when you went to the and, apartment, did you see any evidence of them doing any prints at all? Like anything? Because you can see when they dust for prints, there's like I've seen it because I had a car stolen once. There's like black ink everywhere. No. And like a powdery substance. No. Wow. That is crazy. And that's what I'm saying. And I don't think they fully done their job is because they left all this evidence behind that should have been taken into evidence. Even if you didn't see nothing on the rug. Take it. Take it. Yeah. Take it. If. I mean. The phones, the laptops, the wrappers, the lube, the everything. And didn't you say there was like marijuana roaches, blunts? Yeah. Yeah. Up under the edge of the couch, there was uh, marijuana pot roaches up under the couch in a candle lid. Mm -hmm. If you look through some of the pictures, you can see it. You just got to pay a little close attention to it. I mean, there's there's several things that didn't get taken. And like you said, there was no evidence that they even dusted for fingerprints. 
Dust the doorknob. Mm-hmm. Dust the table. So, Dust the wall. So they definitely I mean, they definitely didn't fingerprint the place at all. No. Dust for prints. Interesting. At least it didn't look like it to me. I think if I if I'm not mistaken, if it's done the same way it used to be, and if anybody knows, they can correct me or whatever. But I had a car stolen once, and there was this black, purplish looking, powdery ink all over my car because the. They, I, they were trying to get fingerprints all over it, and it was everywhere. And we, it wasn't easily to come off. You had to literally go and wash it with soap and water and then rinse it. And you know what I'm saying? To get it off. It wasn't just like it would blow away, even mm-hmm. though it was dusty. So it w- I think she would have saw something that would have told her they did it. You would have seen yeah. some evidence of that. Yeah. Yeah, there was no black powdery substance or anything like that. The only thing that there was was the stuff I said and blood. The envelope, or not envelope, but the folder that had uh, the stuff where she went to the doc- to that doctor to have the appointment set up. Why not just that? What about the money? I mean, what money? Um the money, wasn't there, okay, so normally when a person meets up with someone, isn't that the first there thing? There was no money. Oh, okay. And that's what, and that's another thing that leads me to assume that it was a hit. So when you said there was no money, you say there was none found, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't exchanged. Uh, it wasn't given to Christina. Or. I mean, I'm sorry, Shelby, sorry. To, or it could have been. I believe, okay, I don't believe Shelby even got the money. I don't think she laid hands on the money because, or if she did, he took it. Yeah, he just killed uh, her and then took it. Yeah, I got you. That makes sense. Yeah. Or he left it and Mark, because Mark's the one who found her. Yeah. Not even an hour later. And he took it. Did Mark live there with her? There was evidence that he would stay there. He had clothes in her apartment. Um, there wasn't very much of it, but there was evidence that he would stay there. Oh, okay. Well, this case is crazy. Where does There's it- a... Go ahead. I was just going to say, where do things stand now? Um, are you... Getting updates from law enforcement, it doesn't sound like you are um, getting no. updates from them. Um, so what, what happens next? What what can the public do to help? Um, what what do you think needs to be done next in your sister's investigation? Really, I don't know. I'm at a standstill as to what I can even do. I've um, tried contacting Crime Stoppers to get the reward up. Uh, I've tried getting her story out more by the news. Uh, I I really don't know. I it needs more publicity. I was going to say we could get people to share the you know the post um, share the picture uh, the surveillance footage of the person walking in and out of the building. Uh, We can do that for sure. 
Um, we're happy yeah. to do that for you at least. Um, try to get it out there. Anybody that lives in this area, uh, Houston area, or absolutely anywhere, it doesn't matter, but if you live in the Houston area especially, please share the post, uh, the video, and the picture of this person walking through the building that more than likely killed uh, Shelby. Right. That's the only thing that we, I can even think to do right now because even it, even a $5,000 reward, I've offered up $1,000 of money that was raised, putting it up to uh, fifty or 6000 in a few bucks. Uh, so it's really a little over $6,000 that we've gotten the reward up to, but... Even then, I don't see or understand why. If somebody has recognized this man and everything that has been turned in is not him, I don't see why they won't come forward. Everything can be confidential, especially if you report it through Crime Stoppers. Now, however, right. you, you called. If you do call HPD, there's a chance it's not going to be confidential and private where nobody knows your information. But if you call Crime Stoppers, everything is confidential. They do not take down your number. They do not take down your name. They do not take any information other than the information that you are giving about the call. And so I don't understand if it's not somebody in law enforcement and they're trying to protect him, it's not some, if it is, it is somebody's brother. It's got to be somebody's brother. 90% of kids in the world nowadays, even back in the day, they were not a single kid. It's somebody's son. It's somebody's cousin. It's somebody's nephew. I mean, it's right. family to somebody. They've had to see it. I understand that your family or your friends, why not turn them in? You want it to happen to you? That's true. Or what about the next person that say it is a serial killer? What about the next person that he does it to or has already done it to? It's been seven years and he's gotten away with Shelby's murder this long and say it is a serial killer and he's like, oh, well, I can do this again and again and again, and he not get caught because right. they just don't care because of the profiling that these girls are. Right. Um, and I want to give the number out to everybody listening. So if you uh, do have a tip uh, in this case, please contact Crime Stoppers of Houston at 713-222-TIPS, tips which is also 713-222-8477. Yeah, Christina, we want to thank you so much for coming on our show today, and we want to help spread awareness for Shelby's case, and hopefully some tips will come in, and it'd be so great if this thing could get solved one of these days. I know it's been going on a long time now. 2015 was a long time ago, and um, we're so sorry about the murder of your sister and the fact that it's, the case seems to be stalled, makes it even worse. So we're so sorry. 
I appreciate it. I, I've enjoyed talking to y'all and just being able to talk about my sister. Right. I mean, I know I, I don't talk to many people. I mean, I do talk to a bunch of people. I don't hold back what I've got to say, especially when it comes to my sister, because she was my sister. And I want to find who done this. Right. So I've really enjoyed being able to just talk about it and hopefully get more eyes on my sister's case. Right. Rather right. it's somebody seeing like, oh, well, I might know this person. Let's have them look at it. I mean, even if it's not you're 100% sure if it's that person, if the hairline somewhat matches and they've got dark hair. I mean, it's been seven years. They might not have dark hair no more mm -hmm. because it's been seven years or whatever the resemblance is. I just ask that that gets turned in. I mean, that's the only thing I can do at this point is just talk about it and show people and be like, well, if you have any idea or think it may be this person, please just. Right. It. No tip is too small. Absolutely. Well, yeah. we're going to stay in touch with you. And hopefully if you ever want to come back on, please let us know. And maybe we can do a follow-up episode. Hopefully there'll be some kind of change in the case. That would be the best news possible. Or reach out anytime you want to. And we're happy to, you know, chit chat with you about it or, um, promote it more whatever you want to do and but we really appreciate you coming on we thank you for taking the time and we hope that people will continue to share it and uh, we hope we get some good news soon about it being solved yeah and everyone please check out our instagram um facebook we're going to have all these pictures we've been discussing we'll have some stills from the surveillance video as well please um tune into our social media to see everything we've been talking about yeah. and everyone have a good day and thanks again christina thank we'll talk to you soon bye-bye thank you bye-bye thank you bye-bye this episode is brought to you by Page 2 Inspection Services, LLC. Specializing in foundation inspection reporting, commercial, residential, and home or mixed-use properties. They handle prompt reporting and services at the most competitive price in the structural engineering field. PAL Engineering Services also specializes in structure, structure reporting, and mechanical engineering in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston, and throughout the state of Texas. They do structural inspection, track full home inspection and evaluation, foundation inspection and repair plan, modular home inspection, pest inspection, mechanical and electrical inspections, drainage plans, and retaining walls. Be sure and check them out at uh, www.page2inspections.com or www.palengineeringinc.com. The phone number to reach them at is 972-268-4140. Thank you for supporting True Crime Broads.
Skirt off the block, twelve on the clock. I pay in cash. You do the math. I watch the bag. You check the tab. Why could you fast? You had a gas. Skirt off the block, twelve on the clock. I pay in cash. You do the math. I watch the bag. You check the tab. Why could you fast? You had a gas.